Hey everybody, we are back today with another edition of The Cream Exchange, our weekly buy low and sell high show here. In today's episode, I'm going to check in with last week's players and give you a whole new batch of studs to target in trades and players who might be redlining a little bit. Let's get to biz. This is Apples and Genos. You are listening to Cream of the Crop. This is Cream of the Crop, a fantasy hockey podcast presented by Apples and Genos. I'm your host, Blake Creamer. Please follow me on X slash Twitter at Blake Creamer AG. Also, Apples and Genos has a Discord. Link is in the description. Click on it. We got lots of convos going in there. Um, people are talking pretty much around the clock about fantasy hockey. And that's my happy place. So you got to get your biscuits in there uh, or your buns or, you know, what, what other carb you, you need. Get it in there. All right. Come on. Do me a favor. Uh, also, definitely check out our YouTube channel, Apples and Genos. Just uh, give us a search over there. Give us a subscribe and, and uh, any thumbs up on the videos if you like the content. Thank you for your service. All right. All that stuff's out of the way. Wow, it was a it was a big night here in the NHL. All 16, uh, sorry, all 32 teams playing 16 games. Oh, my goodness. It was a fun night to watch for sure, but damn, it really sucked for fantasy. I mean, uh, seriously, Think about how many points you probably left on your bench tonight. I mean, <laughs> hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up in the Discord. Uh, I'd love to see, like, the worst one, really. So, yeah, definitely hit me up on... Uh, let, let's let's just do that right on um, the Hockey Chit Chat channel in the Discord. Get in there. Let me know how bad it was because, yeah, I, I had a couple bad ones myself. So, it's actually borderline, like, traumatic. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not sure I want to look. But it was a fun one for sure. Gave us lots to think about. Um, you know, I do want to say Josh and Binksy are going to be going over news and notes, talking about those games, probably in detail, uh, in their next installment of rolling lines that's coming out on Thursday morning. So definitely check that out. I just want to get right to business today and head on over to the cream exchange. Join me, won't you? Yay. All right. Well, thanks for coming with. <laughs> hey, yeah. All right. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're hitting the cream exchange here. The, the apples and genos buy low and sell high segment. And you'll love to see it. All right. So before I get into this week's buy low and sell high characters, I want to talk about uh, last week's buy lows and sell highs and just check in with them. See how, how the week went. So the first guy we need to check in with from last week is Chandler Bing Stevenson of the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, in the last week here, he uh, since we've talked, he played four games. Um, he re- he did get two assists in four games. His deployment is still pretty strong. Like if you look at the last four games here, yeah, deployment is really strong actually. So tw- almost 24 minutes in one game, 17-20. The next game, 20-07. The next game, and 20-01 tonight against Philly. So... Yeah, he's, he's cooking there with his deployment, so that is really valuable, but only three shots in those four games, right? That's that's part of the problem here with this player. Um, 
you know, to me, the sell high window is still open for Chandler Stevenson. He still kind of shows out. You look at seven points in seven games overall. That looks good when you're throwing him into a trade or something like that. He's still, you know, he's he's in the top six there. He's on power play one. All the things I mentioned last week, they still hold water, right? This guy doesn't shoot and he converts at a high rate. So, um, I mean, he's still currently, his, his shooting percentage is 25%, right? That's not realistic. It's not something that's going to happen. I mean, he is, again, he's a high conversion rate for his career average. It's 15.5%, but he's shooting at 25% right now. It's just not realistic. It's not going to stand, right? So, um, if that rate drops, his shooting percentage drops, this guy basically becomes useless, right? So see if you can flip him for an underachiever with a higher ceiling. I'm still on the sell high with Chandler Stevenson, but... You know, I think the more games he goes without scoring, like, yeah, then then we're that sell high window is going to shut pretty quick and he's going to go back to being waiver fodder. OK. All right. So that's where we're at with Chandler Bang Stevenson. Let's move over to Brock Besser. Vile weed. All right. Uh, obviously a player I love uh, in real life, you know, and in fantasy, too. I've got him in a couple spots, but. In the four games since the last show, he has two goals and one assist. So that's excellent. Um, the sell high is definitely still there with Brock Besser. You know, his deployment has been really, really good. I mean, three of these four games, he played over 21 minutes. Damn, that is not what I'm used to seeing for Brock Besser. So, um, you know, that's a really great sign. I mean, the game they played tonight against Nashville, he only played 16 minutes, 22 seconds. So... Still got, you know, all the basically all the power play time there. There's there's lots to like about Besser, right? Obviously, the time on ice that I said has been given he's been given. Pretty surprising, to be honest. Um, he's he's got some decent numbers here, but again, his shot percentage is still redlining, right? And you're gonna see that as a common trend of these sell high players. It's definitely gonna regress. Brock Besser is currently shooting 33.3%. Okay, six goals in six games. It looks good, right? But th that's just not the player that he is, unfortunately. Like, I wish it was, you know? Like, I'd love for him to prove me wrong on this, but I just don't see him maintaining that shooting percentage, right? That all said, there's been a bunch of positive signs with Besser. Obviously, you know, he's upping his shot total. That's amazing, right? He's shooting three shots a game, whereas, you know, last season it was 2.4. The season before that, it was 2.7. season before that, it was 2.5, right? So I love the fact that he's shooting. That's really positive, the time on ice, as I mentioned, um, but a really the really key thing here with Besser is the 70% power play share that he's getting. And that just wasn't the case last season. He was going from power play one to two and his role wasn't really secure there. So I, I still believe in my projection for Besser, which was 66 points. I think that is where he's going to land and I'm going to be valuing him as such, right? But I'm not sure his value is going to get much higher than it is currently. So you don't have to move off of Besser here. He's going to be a valuable player this season, especially as a right winger, right? That's a, you know, scarce position. You probably got him late. That's another thing. You got this man at value, right? But I'm always looking to upgrade though. And, you know, maybe you could package Besser and someone for like a premium player, like kind of like a first few rounds kind of player. I would definitely be interested in that. And this is just a bargaining chip that you have if you're going to try and pick somebody up. You've got a guy like Besser, six goals in six games, eight points, um, all the power play minutes, and he's getting a ton of ice time too. So things are looking good for Besser, but like I said, I think his value is probably about as high as it's going to be currently. It's only downhill from here. I'm sorry, my man. Check out the, the beautiful head of hair on Brock Besser. This guy's flow is elite. Let's just agree on that. All right, moving on, we got to talk about Yevgeny Malkin. 
Um, he only had uh, three games there since we last talked. Uh, so three games for Malkin. He did pop for two goals. He's still flying out there, but I honestly just, I feel like the floor is going to fall out at some point, uh, but currently he's crushing. You, you can't deny that, right? The game tonight against Dallas, he played a ton. He played 20 minutes, 57 seconds, uh, but unfortunately, you know, he was minus three, three shots on net. Um, had a ton of power play time as well, just couldn't convert. So yeah, it's it's chipping away kind of at this sell high, right? But he still has eight points in six games. So it's four goals, four assists. Like he looks great out there. Um, again, what I mentioned last week, he's running at career high numbers in all the metrics that I care about. Shots on goal per 60, individual Corsi four per 60. And close to career high numbers with his scoring chances, right? That's not going to continue all season long. It's just not. Um, he's not all of a sudden become an elite shot and chance generator, um, you know, at age 37, right? He's historically been pretty good, but, you know, it's it's just not something we can expect moving forward. That said, he's off to an amazing start here. Eight points, like I said, but uh, winter is coming, all right? And I'm not saying you need to trade this man, but again, like Besser, this guy's value is really high right now, and it's not sustainable to me. So take that for what it's worth. Um, we'll definitely check in uh, next week again with Malkin. Um, I'm going to have lots of players to talk about, honestly, but I just want to bring these players to your attention. And then I definitely want to check in and see how they're going. So um, I think the sell high window is still open there for Malkin. See what you can do. And then lastly, we got to talk about uh, chicken necks, Chris Kreider here. Um, chicken necks. So only three games for him since the last show. Uh, he did get one goal and that was in the game tonight. So he, he's still the man on the power play there. But deployment could be an issue moving forward. Like one of the games uh, that he had was over 20 minutes and the other one was only 16, right? His his overall time on ice is down from last season in, in this small sample size. So we definitely need to keep an eye on that. He hasn't really been hitting either, right? Uh, I mean, in six games, he, he only has four hits, which is, is definitely low for him. Like this guy crushed last season for 128 hits. Dear God. Uh, and then the season before that, 141 hits. I think people were making fun of his neck and he just took it personally and just went on a rampage. So Chris Credit, if you ever see him in person, definitely don't mention his neck. Also, his Adam's apple looks like a freaking softball. I don't know what's happening here. I give this guy a lot of, you know, guff here, but... He's an attractive man. Let's agree on that. All right. Um, I'm putting that out there for the world to hear. I'm digressing. But uh, Chris Kreider, yeah, I think he, he's not hitting as much. So that that's a little bit concerning. But I do think that's going to come back. And that's one of the values this player brings. Uh, he's a beefer, right? But it's been a slower start there. Um, shots on goal per 60 for Kreider actually down right now compared to his last few seasons. But obviously his shooting percentage is high. Chris Kreider, he's still pumping at 33.3%. Okay, that's not realistic. Um, so, you know, that's going to come down, but it, it's way early, but it's not a great sign, right? There, there's people might not be as interested in Kreider at this point. So a sell high might not be doable. I mean, he did score tonight, so maybe, I don't know. He, he's got six points in six games. See what you can do. I, I, I think it's probably downhill for Kreider from this point on, but we'll see. All right, let's move on to the buy lows I talked about last week. First one, we got to talk about Timo Meyer. He only had two games, so we don't have a ton of information here with what Meyer was able to do, so we'll revisit that next week for sure. But, I mean, Meyer did have uh, the game after the show that we had. He had a big one, right? And it was it was really great to see. We need, um, 
I think it's what Meyer owners needed to see, right? This guy, um, he showed out. He ended up playing over 20 minutes time on ice. He had two assists, three shots on goal, one hit. So that that's really great to see. And then the game tonight, he picked up another assist. The ice time was back down to 15.08. So I don't know what the hell's going on. And zero shots and, and two hits. So... He's a bit of an enigma, this guy, but we need to see more from Timo Meyer. But one of the things I really liked about Meyer, especially in that 20-minute game, is that Lindy Ruff came out, the head coach of the Devils, and praised him um, pretty heavy, right? Just said his effort was great, his overall game looked good, and that's the type of Timo Meyer that they, they want to see moving forward. So those are all good signs when the coach gives you a vote of confidence like that. But let's take a look next week and see what Timo can do. I think the buy-low window is wide open on Timo Meyer. I think you can still pick him up, like, pretty handily for for someone of a lot lesser value at season's end in my opinion all right cool let's move on we got to talk about the buffalo top line or the three top players on buffalo because they've actually been uh you know i talked about this with nate on the waiver show but yeah buffalo has changed their lines up a little bit skinner and tuck are now playing with casey middlestad on the second line and then tage is playing with cousins and jordan greenway on the top line so yeah definitely some changes there um, Buffalo actually did have four games in this last week here. So we've got some good data to look at, but first off it's, it's really Jeff Skinner. That that's the guy. <laughs> There's no buy low on Jeff Skinner anymore. He's really popped off. Seymour. Hmm? You're fired. I'm sorry. Did, did you just call me a liar? You know, and it's actually been five games, sorry, not uh, not four for Buffalo. So they've had five games since we talked. So we do have a bunch of data here, but in those five games, this guy He's got six points in five games. I love that. Um, so Jeff Skinner in those five games, this guy is ninth overall in the league in shots on goal per 60, fourth overall in individual Corsi four per 60. He's number one in individual scoring chances, four per 60. And then uh, his on ice numbers are great too. Fifth in Corsi four per 60 on ice and then 12th in scoring chances, four per 60. What does it all mean? Well, it means that he's cooking and he's cooking with gas, all right? Um, his shooting percentage is, is pretty high. He's shooting at 22.7% over those five games. But yeah, five goals in five games, six points. Like the, There's no buy low on Jeff Skinner. He's, he's really going now and um, he's putting up amazing metrics as well. So it all seems pretty sustainable. He's done this before and, you know, he looks really good right now. So to me, Tage, uh, I, I had him as a buy low before the games happened tonight, and then I came back in and saw, yeah, we <laughs> we can't call Tage in good conscience a buy low anymore. I think that window is permanently shut. Um, Tage is back. This was his first multi-point effort of the season, so I love to see that. The game tonight, he had two goals and one assist, so that's really nice. And he had uh, one goal in the game against Calgary on the 19th as well. So overall, four points in those five games. Um, but what's really encouraging is the ice time that he's been receiving. So, you know, two games over 21 minutes. Then he had an 18-minute game, then a 22-minute game. And then tonight, uh, with the two goals and one assist, he only played 14 minutes and 55 seconds, but he wasn't needed out there. Buffalo was pumping the other team, so... Yeah, it looks like Tage is back to me. I mean, if you look at the last five games of Tage as well, he's right up there with Skinner. So shots on goal per 60, he's sixth overall. Individual Corsi, four per 60, seventh. And then scoring chances for individual uh, 35. So um, those two players are really going and they're they're doing it on separate lines currently. So it's nice to see, but yeah, any buy low on Tage is not happening. And then Tuck, actually, <laughs> he got in on the scoring as well tonight. So 
Um, but that's really not a player that I'm super excited about at this point. So I think you could probably still get Alex Tuck if you wanted him as a buy low, but I think there are better options out there. Tuck's ice time has gone down from last season. He's been moved to the second line. He did have a goal and assist tonight, but I don't know. I To me, Skinner and Tage are the guys you're interested in, right? This all said, yeah, I, I think... You're, you're probably not getting any of these guys at buy lows anymore. Once they see this line or these three pop off, like I don't, I don't think you're getting them at a buy low at value. Anyway, let's move on. I want to talk about Troy Terry. He's still definitely a buy low. Uh, he's had four games and he's had a goal and an assist, right? And granted that was all in one game, but there were some definite signs of life from the ducks and Terry in particular, his deployment's been solid over these games you know, two games over 20 minutes and then 18-24 and 19-30 tonight against Columbus. So it's going to happen for Troy Terry, but I love the deployment. That's really key. Um, and he's shooting more, right? He's shooting more than he has historically, but not anything unsustainable, right? Uh, he's also currently shooting at 6.3%. Oh God, buddy. No, that's definitely going to go up. So Terry's been a pretty efficient player throughout his career. If you look at his career shooting percentage, it's 13.4. And right now he's shooting 6.3, right? So I think we can very easily expect a positive regression there. This guy's still criminally underrated. And he's still a buy low to me and a player that isn't being valued properly. If you look at Anaheim, I mean, just as in terms of schedule, they're, they're players that you want to target, right? And there's not too many on Anaheim, but Troy Terry is clearly one of them. He's one of the main offensive driving forces there. And Anaheim has an amazing schedule. Plus, he's a right winger. And he's only 57% rostered on Yahoo. Dear God, no. Um, I hate that, right? So um, definitely, Troy Terry is a buy low. I feel confident that Terry's going to come back with some decent production here. And then we got to talk about Nikolai Ehlers. Do we? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> things are, you know, there, there's some, again, some signs of life here. Ehlers has two assists in four games. We had an Ehlers sighting. Oh, what a time to be alive, isn't it? <laughs> like I said, definitely some positive signs here. He's been spending some time on power play one, but the production still isn't there. Um, Rick Bonus is away from the team dealing with the personal matter. So Scott Arneal is behind the bench now, and he seems a little more willing to play Ehlers. So I think this guy is still a hold. If you have him, he's still a hold while Velarde is injured. And like I said, he's getting power play, power play one time with the big boys. So him and Mark Shifley working together. Oh, best friends. Maybe. I don't know. You know what? I think we're going to be friends. <laughs> Um, we'll have to check it on that later, but this guy's just so dynamic. Um, he has the ability to drive the offense. He's, he's, he's probably the best at that on the jets, right? He just needs more deployment and it could be coming. So, uh, if this guy's on your waivers, I think, you know, he's, he's a fine ad. You could definitely add Ehlers here or flip a player on the low end of your roster to pick up this stud, right? It could be Ehlers season soon. All right. Get ready to live. Oh man. That would be amazing if Ehlers actually popped for once. But uh, yeah, exciting player, and let's just kind of hold and see what happens. All right, those are the players we talked about last week. Now I want to get into the new sell highs and the buy lows. All right, so we'll start with the sell highs that I want to talk about today. First one up is Alex DeBrinket. DeBrinket, um, he's your early league leading goal scorer. Oh my goodness. 
Nine goals and four assists for 12 points in seven games. This is, uh, sorry, 13 points in seven games. I can do math. Um, really impressive stuff from Dabrinkit. He's just obviously meshed well with his new team and line mates. And on a personal note, I have this man on six teams, and he basically won me three matchups by himself with his amazing production and hat trick the other night. Uh, you know, matchups that I was losing uh, before the weekend. So I got to, you know, I'm not saying get rid of Alex Dabrinkit. In fact, I love Alex Dabrinkit. I've, I've got him on so many spots, but he's running red hot right now. We, we have to admit that, right, and acknowledge that. This guy's running red hot uh, in all the predictive metrics we use here, right? Shots and goal per 60, individual scoring chances 4 per 60, individual Corsi 4 per 60, all career high numbers by a large margin, all right? Large and margin. That sounds weird. And honestly, they're even higher at even strength, right? So he's really cooking there. He's never been this efficient in his career, right? He's clocking in at almost 40% uh, shooting percentage on the season. Damn. All right, this guy's a great player and a very valuable player. And like I said, I have him on six teams. Um, I saw major value with this player in draft season, right? But I did not expect this. I did not expect him to come out of the gate like this. I projected him for 84 points, right? And uh, that may still be the case. But people out there may be valuing him as this goal-scoring leader, this top point getter in the NHL. And, you know, it, it's we just have to recognize that. His value is really high right now, skyrocketing. And... Even though it might feel icky, you might be able to snag someone elite by dangling this man as a carrot in a trade, right? Just something to think about. You know, like, you know, I like to throw out a few ideas here, and I'm not saying go do this, but would someone trade Debrinkit for Ovechkin? Would they? Would someone do that? Like, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm all about just finding that uh, kind of tipping point of a trade. So, making them make an uncomfortable decision, right? Like when you've got a guy that has 13 points in seven games and you're staring down Ovechkin, who's got three points in five games, like, I don't know. They have to think about that, right? It's just an example, um, you know, and maybe I'll talk about Ovechkin later, but um, just put some feelers out there. Dabrinkin has insane value right now, and I don't know that it's going to get much higher than this as the season progresses, right? Detroit's come out on fire. Their power play looks great. So, yeah, I mean, Larkin, you could throw him in there as well. I, I didn't work up, uh, you know, Larkin here, but he's he's a sell high as well, right? He's playing great, but not this great. It's crazy. So, anyways, something to think about on the Brinket. Let's move on and talk about Sammy. Sammy Reinhardt Jr. No, um, Sam Reinhardt. It's called Sex Panther. Yeah, just another guy I was really high on. So, obviously... I've got Dabrinkit in a lot of spots, and I've got Reinhardt in a lot of spots. So these are, <laughs> I'm doing pretty well uh, in my leagues, and that's great, but I'm not getting too excited because I really do think that th this stuff is not exactly sustainable, right? So speaking on Reinhardt, another massive surprise so far this season, nine points, seven goals, and two assists in six games. Yeah. Um, he's getting massive deployment, power play one staple there, and he's rocking with Barkov, Sasha Barkov at even strength, so... Everything is coming up aces for this man early in the season, which is definitely a far cry from his first half last season where he was literally being dropped to waivers. Um, you know, much like Alex DeBrinkett I was talking about, Sam Reinhardt is absolutely smashing his career numbers in any metric that matters. Um, Reinhardt, he's been an efficient player historically. No, no question about that. Last season aside, you know, he's put up shooting percentages um, 
numbers, like, like let's take a look at some of these numbers here. In the last four seasons uh, before this one, 15.3%, 19.2%, 17.7%, and then last season was a down season for him, 136 and now he's up at 30.4%, right? That's one of these things is not like the other, right? Um, so, yeah, he's obliterating those numbers, but he's also shooting a hell of a lot more as well. So I don't really expect those shots to continue all season. And also the conversion rate is going to normalize as well. So, you know, you pair those two things together, less goals, less points, you know, all that stuff, right? That said, I love the opportunity that Reinhardt is getting um, currently and he's running with it. I definitely see him as a point per game player this season. So again, I'm not saying get off of Sam Reinhardt, but his value is high and the production likely won't continue at this rate. So see what you can do with Sammy, all right? But if not, just enjoy the sweet, sweet production. Thank you, Sammy, for your service. Next, I want to talk about the New Jersey Devils and Jesper Bratt. Um, he's been great so far. No question about that. Certainly statistically. Jesper Bratt has nine points in five games so far. That's beautiful. Three goals and six assists. So if we can look at Jesper Bratt in terms of the metrics that we like here. So in the last five games, he's 149th overall in shots and goal per 60, 77th overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and 77th in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. So those are his individual numbers. Um, the on-ice numbers are a little bit different <laughs> with Jesper Bratt. Um, what those are, he's third overall in the entire league in Corsi 4 per 60 when he's on the ice. And he's second overall in scoring chances 4 per 60 when he's on the ice. So what that says to me is that he's playing with a pretty good line mate. And wouldn't you know it, <laughs> he definitely is, right? Um, he's been a major beneficiary of playing with Jack Hughes who's definitely established himself early as an elite player this season in fantasy, in real life, like Jack Hughes is on another planet right now. So this kind of production from Bratt that he's had so far, it it's, hasn't been the norm so far in his career. He's coming off of back-to-back 73-point campaigns, which is very valuable and awesome to see. And I think he's probably due for a higher point total this season. I think I had him projected for 82 points or something like that. So um, the reason Bratt is a sell high to me is that he's actually shooting less um, he's shooting less so far that he has historically and he's converting more, right? I don't like that. Like I, I would rather see that reversed and it's a player I'm more excited about a player that's shooting and getting more chances and just not converting. Right. I feel like that's going to come up. Whereas when you got a guy like this, who's shooting less, but he's converting more again, what happens if those shots just stop going in for whatever reason? Now you got a guy who's shooting less, not getting as many chances. Uh, and now he's not scoring. Right. So just something to think about. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Jesper Bratt. Right. Um, something else I, I just noticed with Jesper Bratt's numbers, all six of his assists this season have been second assists. It's just a weird stat. It's not something that I normally look at. I don't put a lot of weight into that, but it was just interesting to me. All six stats, uh, all six assists were second assists, right? So that compared to the, uh, paired with the other stuff I mentioned, it just, I really do believe he's being kind of pulled along by Jack Hughes and his elite play. Brat is clearly talented. There's no question there, but this level of production is not sustainable for him, right? His current pace is 148 points. Jesper Brad, oh my God, no. Um, <laughs> I just don't see that happening, clearly. Uh, the, you know, He could pull a Ryan Nugent Hopkins this season, right? I mean, and, and get 100 points on just ridiculous on-ice numbers and crazy elite conversion and shooting percentage, right? But I, I, 
I just don't see it happening, right? I do think that it's in the range of outcomes for Brat, but honestly, I don't believe that'll happen. Like I said, I have him for 82 points this season. I feel comfortable with that, but I think he's being valued higher than that currently. People want a piece of uh, the Devils here, the top six, and Brat is flying right now. He's playing with Jack Hughes, so his value is sky high. I wouldn't feel too bad getting off Jesper Brad. Uh, I'm not actively trying to do it, but again, just telling you that this guy's value is higher probably than it should be. And the last sell high I want to talk about, Shane Gostisbear. Yeah, this guy had a big night tonight, uh, now has nine points in seven games for Detroit. So um, yeah, you're noticing a pattern here. Larkin, Debrinkit, Gostisbear. Yeah, Detroit is redlining. They're, they're going nuts right now. They're going nuclear. Um, so... Gostas Bears, he's been really opportunistic so far this season. His numbers, they sort of indicate that he isn't putting as many pucks at the net. He isn't getting as many scoring chances as he has historically, even uh, as many as he got last season, right? So, in fact, the, his rate stats uh, in those metrics are the lowest rate stats of his entire career currently, right? It's a small sample size. Yes, we're only looking at five games, so take it with a grain of salt, but we have to at least acknowledge that. His shooting percentage is high. It's 20% when he's a, he's a 7% shooting guy. So, you know, obviously that's going to go down. And pair that with the fact that his minutes aren't exactly elite here on Detroit. He's averaging uh, 19 minutes and 30 seconds on the season. And that includes power play one. But he's played two games this season where uh, 16 minutes and under, right? That show ain't no good. That's the Tony D'Angelo treatment. And we don't like that here. Um, and I... You know, he's a much better defenseman than Tony D'Angelo, in my opinion, but yeah, for fantasy anyway. But still, I, I hate seeing that kind of deployment and kind of the up and down deployment. It, it gives me a little bit of pause when, when looking at this player. So um, when his shooting percentage normalized, goals are going to go away and he's not on the ice enough for him to bludgeon his way into more points, right? So just something to think about. Also, six of his nine points were on the power play. So that's probably pretty secure at so that to me is probably pretty secure, but at even strength, there just isn't much there with this guy and his points to me, it's, they're kind of hollow, right? It's kind of a mirage. So maybe you could send this guy away and grab a, a, a steadier, more consistent D man, a guy like Zach Wierenski or Jacob Chikrin. Maybe I, I would honestly smash the accept button on, on trades involving those beauties right there. Ghost, he, he's been great so far, but there are some red flags that we just can't ignore. And he, you got to think about it at the very least. But like I said, if you can't move him, who cares? You probably picked this guy up off waivers, right? Or maybe picked him up with one of your last picks and he's been smashing for you so far. So you got to love that. So shout out to Shane Goss's bear, but you know, see what you can do. All right, let's move on to the buy lows. And there are plenty. Um, these players are pissing you off on the regular. So let's get into it. First one I want to talk about is Trevor Zegers of the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah! Wow, buddy. Um, so now Zegers and Terry are by lows, right? Uh, hopefully not stay lows, but uh, by lows, right? Um, I definitely believe in both these players. Zegers has one assist in six games. That's not good. All right, also not good is the fact that he was benched in the third period against Columbus tonight. Damn! That's that's not what you want to see, right? Especially this early in the season. But honestly, the good, he's shooting a lot more. He's generating more chances. He's putting more pucks towards the net. I know I keep mentioning these things, but it makes a difference, right? His shooting percentage is currently zero. That is obviously going to go up, right? He's had some good chances. 
I, I'm not sure what's going on with him and the coach, to be honest, and why he was benched. So we got to keep an eye out for that. But this is a player that Anaheim extended in the offseason. Should be a focal point for their offense. There's a new coach there, so that changes things, right? Zegers was almost a holdout, so maybe he, he didn't get a full camp. He had other things on his mind. So there are many possible reasons for a slow start here for Zegers. But honestly, I'm not that concerned. There's a lot to like about Zegers and Troy Terry and Anaheim. And the schedule is a huge piece of that, right? It's what makes these players um, interesting to me. If this guy is on your wire, he's worth an ad. That's for sure. And he's a low-key trade target for me. And I mean low, right? Like you could offer a bag of pucks for Zegers and probably get a reasonable counter offer. You know what I mean? Like a bag of pucks and, you know, a Subway sandwich. I don't know, maybe. Um, cold cut combo. I don't know where I'm going with that, but see what you can do with Zegers, right? I mean, hopefully this benching kickstarts his offense, but I'm not giving up on this player at all. I have him projected for like 70 points. You know, that could be ceiling now, maybe, but, uh, you know, 60 to 70 points for a guy that's going to be playing on a ton of off nights and getting all the power play time, I think it's a slam dunk. I think you got to take a look at Trevor Zegers here and don't worry about it too much. Next buy low player I want to talk about, Roman Yossi. Um, Roman Yossi has three assists in seven games. That's okay, I guess. Um, but Roman Yossi is who we think he is. Damn it. Um, if you look at his, his numbers here, on the, in the last five games, he's third overall in shots on goal per 60 for defensemen. Third. Okay, that's why we draft this man. He's 18th overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60. He's 11th overall in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. So he's lighting it up the way he normally does. He's just not converting, right? And he had a slow start last season as well. So it's definitely frustrating, especially if you spend a lot of draft capital on this man. But this team, we got to give him a little bit of time here, right? This is a bit of a new team to him. Um, you know, Duchesne. Was that Duchesne again? Uh, and Johansson are gone, right? They're prioritizing the young guys like Tommy Novak, Evangelista right now. Plus, Ryan O'Reilly's been added to the team. He's a big part now. So th- there's going to be some growing pains. Plus, Philip Forsberg was injured for a lot of the season. Yossi was injured for some of the season. So I think everything is in place for him to repeat his past performances. Like, maybe not his career high performance there, but he doesn't need to do that st- um, to be considered the second best D-man in fantasy, in my opinion. He covers all the categories, right? He plays a ton. He generates a ton of shots and chances from the back end. Um, his time on ice this season is down a little bit, but I expect that to normalize back to previous levels. Again, we're only looking at five games here. I still fully believe in my projection for Yossi. I projected him for 76 points. Again, that may be a ceiling case now, but either way, you might be able to get Yossi for someone who's a little hotter currently, right? Take a look at Yossi's manager. Kick some tires, right? People are getting squirrely. I've been getting a lot of questions on this man. And to me, when I get a bunch of questions on a guy, that means he's a clear buy low. And I would take any opportunity I could to get this man on my team. Now we got to move on. We got to talk about Ovi. Oh, Alex Ovechkin. Oh, oh, oh. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, it's been been a rough start for uh, Ovi so far. Piss poor effort from Washington to start the season. Clearly has not gone to plan there with the new head coach. Um, Ovi included, right? Um, He famously didn't have a shot for two straight games and almost broke the dang internet. Well, how about a 14-shot game tonight? Oh, my gosh. Um, Sheesh. 
he hasn't forgotten how to shoot or how to score, right? The team around him is is bad. Washington is a, is a pretty bad team, right? So that said, I think Ovi can be gotten for cheap at this point due to how bad they've looked so far. And he he himself only has three points in five games. So it's not what people expected so far. You probably got this guy second round, maybe late first if you're really feeling feeling some type of way about Ovi. But this last game was a really huge sign uh, for him. And it shows me that he's still in the wheelhouse of what we predicted for him. Plus, you know, he gets 100% of the power play time there in Washington. That is such a bonus, right? Because it's just all offense there. And that's what we need for fantasy. And this guy has one of the best shots ever. So um, all he has to do is just sit there and shoot. The goals are going to come and they're going to come in bunches giggity. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm not too concerned about Ovechkin at the, at the start here. They've only played five games. They got a new coach there as well. And that that really does affect things sometimes more than we know, right? Everyone's trying to figure it out. They might have new systems there, um, but Ovi's still Ovi. I think we can expect him to come back to form here soon. This upcoming week's going to be a big week for Ovechkin uh, as a buy low, right? I think one or two good games, and that buy low window is slammed shut, right? He was a high draft pick for a reason, and I think I think he's a very safe one. We know what to expect from him. It hasn't been there so far this season. People are probably panicking, right? And I just don't think it's justified in the case of Ovechkin. If you have him, be patient. If you want to target a true buy low, this guy's it, right? And I don't think he'll be one for much longer. I think he's going to have a big week. I don't think they can hold him down for, for too much longer. 14 shots in a game. Damn. Um, that's exactly what we want to see out of this man. So there you go. Go kick tires on Ovechkin. And then I want to talk about one more player here. Philip Forsberg. All right. He's not exactly a buy low, okay? He's got five points in seven games. But I think people are sleeping on how good this player really is. Um, he's fully healthy at this point. He's showing out under the hood. Like, let's take a look at some of Philip Forsberg's numbers. In the last five games, you know, three points, five games, that's fine. Five points in seven games on the season. But in the last five games, 17th overall in shots and goal per 60, 11th overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and 66th overall in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. That's awesome, right? The issue is the piddly shooting percentage that he's had so far this season, 3%. Three. Yeah, that's going to go up, and that's going to go up in a hurry, right? This is a player on the bubble ready to pop off, and I'm huge on this player, and I'm advising you to try and grab him, all right? Um, I was able to pull off a trade for uh, Philip Forsberg for John Carlson, a one-for-one -one trade in a points league, and... Honestly, I, that feels like a fleecing to me at this point with how Washington is playing and how well this guy's playing. His deployment as well is, is another piece. It's up almost two minutes. Uh, that's exciting because he's never got that true first-liner treatment uh, with the previous head coaches, but now uh, Andrew Burnett, the new head coach, is is giving him that, that time, right? And you love to see that, especially for fantasy. He's uh, great in category leagues, right? He's a beefer. He hits. I think he could come close to his big season in 2021 that he had where he had 84 points in 60-something games. I just don't think you'll have too long to pick this man up. He's going to burst, and I think you want him on your team when he does. Okay? But that's it. That's what we got for the buy lows and the sell highs. We'll definitely check in on those guys next week. Um, but I hope you're enjoying this format. If if there's any players that you're interested in, let me know. Um you know, I can work them up and talk about them on the show. So hit me up on the Discord. Hit me up on X. Um, and also, just on that point, 
do it anyway. Hit me up in Discord. Hit me up on X. Any questions, your teams, trade targets, uh, waiver ads, any of that stuff, I'm, I'm available and I'm, I'm looking to answer your questions. So I promise I will get back to you if you ask me a question. So feel free to do that. And again, I know we said this early on, but please do go rate the pod. Um, you know, if you're enjoying this content, give us a rating. I would love to hear it. Um, we love your feedback. Thank you for your service. Um, but yeah, that's all we have for this show here. I hope it did bring you guys some value and we got some awesome content coming up for you, uh, for the rest of the week here. I've actually got a really fun episode coming up with a special guest that I, yeah, uh, I'll probably release that maybe on Friday, right? So you're going to get an extra episode this week of cream of the crop because I'm feeling generous and, uh, you know, I live to give. So that's what we're going to do. We got to get that value out there. Okay. But that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you again soon. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary.